What a great God. So thankful. Thankful for the Lord tonight. Thankful. Thankful. Watch it. Yeah, I wish everyone could have been at prayer on Monday night. We had just a great presence of the Lord Monday night. My goodness. And uh, the Lord just really ministered in this house. And I'm thankful that thankful when we get in his presence, anything can happen. And something always happens. I mean, it's the Lord doesn't show up just to, to observe, but he's ready to do something. And there's always somebody ready to let him work. And I, I want to make sure that's the way I find myself, that I'm just ready to let God do what he wants to do. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn, um, you know what, tonight you can just be seated. I, I, this first reading is just a little longer than normal. It's not just really long, but it's a little longer and so I don't want to keep you standing for that, but I do appreciate you being here tonight. And um, we did get the hole fixed, so if you notice, the the sheet is not hanging there anymore. So they they did fix that. So uh, getting a few things done around here this week, and um, trying to get some things updated and different things. So uh, pray for us that nobody falls through any more ceilings. I don't want more work to have to be done. <laughs> That's there trying to get this place back in shape. So, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 22, is where we'll start tonight. Uh, this is the beginning of the story of Paul and Silas in prison. It says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Man, just trying to preach. Got beat for it. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. It's wonderful when people who are bound and in chains can can hear saints of God even in the same situation lifting a voice of praise. You know we live in a world today where we're all in the same situation. We're all in the midst of a pandemic. We're all in the midst of a country that's in unrest but the other, these other prisoners they ought to be hearing us lifting praise and lifting song and glorifying God even in the midst of this stuff. It it brings results. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone, everyone's bands were loosed. That started with two believers. That started with the church. That started with somebody that knew the power of prayer and the power of praise and and worshiping even in the midst of uh, dark and terrible times, in the midnight hour, he's going to turn it around. And uh, everyone, not just them, but everyone, be, be amazed what will happen if you'll just let your faith loose. And I just get, I'm just throwing out all kind of preaching points. I hope y'all taking notes. Man, you know, somebody will be preaching these things. As, as I'm reading, I'm like, man, I could preach that. I could just stay right here for a while, but I got a, another thought to get to. Immediately all the doors were opened. Everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, uh, 
He drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, sprang in, came trembling, fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now, let me just interject something right here. Because if you're not careful, this is one of those scriptures that people take one scripture and say, see, all I've got to do is just say I believe and I'll be saved. But it does take belief, but it takes more than that. They spake unto him the word of the Lord because he didn't know what to believe on yet. So they had to preach to him about Jesus and all that were in his house. And he took them the same night, hour of the night, washed their stripes, and then was baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He asked, what shall I do to be saved? Well, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. First, you've got to know who and what to believe, and then you've got to act on it. And that's not even my message, but i just got to get that out there. He, in all of his house, straightway, when he had brought them uh, into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And now I want to get to the thought I had tonight after all these little appetizers that came out. Uh, The reason why I am here. The reason why I am here. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the testimony that it brings, Lord, of believers that have gone long before us. God, tonight, let us find this word. Let it be in our hearts. Let it be in our minds. Let us receive it so we can grow, be better, and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Now give him one more hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thankful to the Lord tonight. Thankful to the Lord tonight. Thankful. He's so good to us. Thank you, darling, for that wonderful song. Just glad to be in his house. Now, there are a couple of scriptures that uh, over the years that I have, uh, I, I put them together oftentimes because I find myself uh, as I serve the Lord in seasons and times and places where I wonder why I am here. And there are two scriptures that when I put them together, they help me when I am wondering this. Psalm 37 and 23 says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the Lord always gets what he orders. He don't have to send his order back. (laughs) He always gets what he orders. And the steps of a good man or woman, of course, are ordered by the Lord. He's not uh, ordering something that he is picking off a menu. He is setting the course for each believer, for those people that serve him. He is uh, already, uh, listen, he puts us on a path where it is possible that we may fall. But he does not put us on a path intending us to fail. He will never order our steps in a way that he knows that 
we can't get over whatever obstacle is there or whatever we might go through. I've got to know that God is not setting me up for failure, is not setting me up for destruction, is not setting me up for despair. These things may come with the steps that are ordered, but it is not God's will for us to perish, evidently, according to Scripture. So if, if he orders these steps and trials come during these steps, he knows that if I trust him, I can get through it. He knows that if I would just believe in him uh, and understand that he is here for my good. God is trying to work things out for my good. God wants me to be a success. God wants to say, well done, as much as I want to hear it. And so uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Now, Job said this in Job 23 and 10, but he, talking about the Lord, knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Now, Job says this in the, after making the statement, I can't perceive the Lord. He's making this on uh, the, the end of a terrible, terrible trial and test that he's going through. He has lost his earthly possessions. He has lost his children. His health has been compromised, and he, even his wife has suggested that he curse God and die. The friends that have come to supposedly comfort him are doing nothing but uh, uh, throwing off on him and uh, coming against him. They're not helping him at all. So he sits in all this trouble and trial and mess and things, but he never lets go of his integrity. He never sins with his mouth or speaks foolishly or sins against God with his lips. And he just hangs on and, and keeps trusting God and says, what I do know is this, that he knows, God knows the way that I take. You know why God knows? Because he ordered it. When you read the very beginning of the book, you'll find that God ordered these steps. He custom ordered it. He said, you can do this, but you can't do that. He, he, he made sure that uh, whatever was going to happen, he trusted that Job would be able to hang on to his integrity. He never thought that Job would turn on him and curse him to his face like the enemy wanted him to. And so Job says, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. We've got to understand that uh, through the trying, God has uh, an anticipated end, and that's for us to shine. That's for us to be a light in this world. So we may find ourselves in unpleasant places, but they are not unknown places. They are certainly not unknown to God. He has ordered it, and he knows it. And that is the knowledge. That's why I told you this. these two scriptures. Of course, many others you could put together to help you with that. These are my two that I like. If you like these two, you can use them. They're the word of the Lord. I don't have a market on them. But if, that's, if you can remember that, that God ordered my steps. Yes. I, 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 when I think about Joseph, I think about how that he showed him uh, the end of the journey wow. in a dream. Two dreams. He showed him, this is what's going to happen. Your parents, your siblings, they're all going to be bowing down before you. And so he's already talking about the end, and nobody likes that because they feel like he's boasting, he's bragging, and who in the world do you think you are? You haven't done nothing. And that's right. He had not done nothing yet. He had not been through anything yet. He didn't know what it was like uh, to suffer. All he knew what it was like was to wake up in the morning, put that coat of many colors on, and go aggravate his brothers. But he soon found himself in a pit, and he soon found himself sold off. 
into slavery. He soon found himself in a house just trying to do his best, but he got lied on. And then after he was lied on, he got put in prison. After he gets put in prison, that's where he finds his way to the palace. You see, God ordered his steps. You say, well, how, why would he let him go through all these things? Why would he let Joseph endure so many horrible things? And, 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 and Joseph could be sitting in that pit going, why am I here instead of understanding the reason why? He wouldn't understand the reason until later on. And we're fixing to, to put it together and get to it. He's in the pit for a reason because they've got to hold him until they can sell him because he's going to have to be sold if he's going to get to Egypt because he's got to get to Egypt so he can get to Potiphar's house. And he's got to get in Potiphar's house so he can be lied on so he can get into the king's prison because guess what? He ain't breaking the law. He's not going to be out stealing or doing nothing. He's, he's a pretty good kid, but he's got to somehow, he's got to get in prison. So the only way they could do it was for get somebody to lie on him. And so they put him in so he could get him there. Why did he have to go to prison? Because that was the only access he would have to Pharaoh. He, he was not going, he can't just walk in and say, hey, Pharaoh, I got something to tell you. He didn't know anything about uh, uh, Pharaoh at that time. All he knew was he was in the prison and he didn't want to be there. He told the butler, he told the baker, he said, man, when you get out of here, remember me and get me out of this place. I don't want to be here. But there was a reason why he was there. And then finally, the Pharaoh has a dream and it's troubling him. Nobody can answer it. And the, uh, the butler remembers, hey, I know a guy. Man, I can't believe I forgot about him. I told him I would remember him when I got out, but he interpreted my dream. He interpreted your dream, comes out, interprets the dream. I'm fast-forwarded, and, and he becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt. And then at the very end of his story, when his brothers are so afraid that he's going to, now that our father's dead, he's going to take it out on us, he said, look, I'm not going to do that. He said, what you intended for evil, God meant for good to save many people alive. That's the reason why I'm here. So we don't realize that. He doesn't realize when he's in the pit, well, I'm, I'm fixing to go to Egypt so I can save everybody. He doesn't realize when he's being sold into slavery, this is the reason why, the reason why I'm here is that I'm about to go into Egypt and become the second most powerful man and I'm going to save everybody. He doesn't realize that when Potiphar's wife lies on him. He does not realize that when he is in the prison that this is just another step to me getting to what God showed me way back when. He's going, why am I here? And God's going, it's the reason why you're here. There's a reason for you being in this place, Joseph. You don't see it yet, but I promise you, I am ordering your steps. I want you to hear what I'm saying to you tonight. When you find yourself in places that seem unfair, when you find yourself in places where it looks like, what did I do? I, I, you know, hey, all I was doing was taking care of this man's house and his, his, his wife, uh, that old thing, she lied on me. She couldn't have what she wanted, so she said, I'll just lie on you. I'm just, I've been, I, what did he say? I, was, I, I cannot sin against my master, and I sure can't sin against God. He's just do it, trying to do good, finds himself in the prison. But even in prison, God blessed his hand and took care of him in that place. And, and that's what we, we can never forget. We get so upset with the circumstance that we don't even look around and realize that God's still blessing me. And we go, we, and, and these scriptures help me go from questioning, why am I here, to looking for the reason 
why I am here. Why have you put me here, God? Because I know that I am walking uh, by your word. I know I am living my life for you. And, and I sure didn't expect this detour, but somehow I am here. Why am I here? I want to see the reason. Because there's somebody, some way, and Joseph was so he could save many people alive. So his father and his brethren could come back and his people could come back and God could uh, maintain a heritage uh, that he had started with Abraham so he could keep these people alive because they were going to become a great people like the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. And so Joseph may be wondering, why am I here now? At the end of his life, realizes why I am here. Our purpose and our calling is not diminished or done because of these places that we are tried in. Joseph, his purpose was never stopped. Maybe he forgot for a while about that dream. Maybe he, in the midst of that, it doesn't say or record what he thought about. He doesn't, he doesn't mention it anymore. I don't know if he told it to other people. Maybe sitting around talking one day, he said, I don't know why I'm here. I thought, man, I really felt like God showed me. God did show you. Don't let what you're going to The old song said, don't doubt in the darkness what God showed you in the light. You got to remember that God is on our side. And so our purpose, our calling is not diminished or done with because of these places of being tried. But it is in those places where we will glorify God as we walk in our ordered steps. When we walk in those ordered steps, that's when we will shine. That's when we will be like gold. That's when people will see God, our good works and glorify our Father. Hey, you know, when did the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, when did he glorify our God? When he saw those Hebrew boys not bow down, when he saw them walking in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, when he saw through threat of their life, and they should have been burned alive when other people were dying at the edge of the furnace, he watched these boys stick to their faith. We're just trying to serve God, and here we are in a furnace. Yeah, but it was in that furnace, instead of them going, hey, why are we here? When they came out and they were promoted, and the king said, nobody speak nothing against this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, God was glorified and lifted up, and they realized even in this pagan land that there is not a God like their God. That was the reason why they were there. Daniel would not quit praying three times a day like he was ordered to, but it was uh, out of the dark mouth of the den of lions that he called out and said, O king, live forever. And they realized that God had delivered Daniel, and Daniel was promoted and, and God was glorified in that camp. Why? Maybe he, he hits the bottom of that pit. He could go, why am I here? But it was the reason why he was there. He was there so God could be glorified, and he was there so Daniel could be promoted. He was there uh, for favor in those places, and it happens over and over and over again. In Scripture, people are, are in the toughest times of their life, but then God comes out at the end, and, and he's glorified, and they've got the reward. They've got the blessing. They're doing good. You can look at it through uh, Naomi and Ruth and, and their story. Naomi was so upset with her circumstances that she would not even, she didn't even want them. Don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara 
because I, I left out full, but I came back empty, and God has dealt with me, and I'm bitter. It, Mara means bitter, and I, I'm in bitterness right now, and she don't understand why I lost my husband, why I lost my children, but those people had to die so that Ruth could get to uh, Boaz. If she had still been married uh, to Chilion, I believe that was the one she was married to, if she had still been married to him, uh, then then she doesn't marry Boaz, and then she doesn't get in that lineage. Right. And so uh, she could have been wondering, wow, this is why. But then all of a sudden now she she understands this is why I am here. This is why I clung to, to Naomi. This is why I said your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you go, I'll go. Where you dwell, I'll dwell. I am not leaving you. Right. And and so uh, we we have to remember that God has ordered these steps. And so even when we uh, don't uh, understand what we're doing here yet, what we can always understand is that it is from the Lord. Now, we should have enough discernment and common sense to know uh, when, if we get into a mess, it's the mess of our making. You know, God orders our steps and sometimes we step out of line. I'm not talking about that. Sometimes we, when we turn, because we're supposed to walk straight on, not to the left or right. So when we start going to the left or right, we get out of the steps he ordered. Because his steps he ordered are straight, on the straight and narrow. And, uh, so you don't, if you step off to the left or right, well, you find yourself in some trouble that, that you bought yourself. Hello? So uh, listen, you're going to have plenty of times to have trials and tests just walking straight and narrow. Don't create none for yourself. <laughs> stay because you can always overcome those tests but you may not always get a chance to get back if you get off to the left or right you make sure you keep your eyes straight ahead walking in the fear of the Lord and so I think about you know we are not I say this often we are not in this scripture we are not greater than our master the servant is not greater than his master and we talk about um you know, we're going to do the things that Jesus did and greater things because he said so. He said we would do those things, greater things, and we want to do the things that Jesus did. But here's the, the, the thing. The Bible says that we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But he was in all points tempted even and tested even as we were yet without sin. So here it is. Jesus experienced us. He was tempted in all points like as we are. Jesus experienced us. Well, let me tell you, if he experienced us, then we're going to experience him. If if he went through everything that we have gone through, if he had to be tested through everything and and so he could do it without sin and and save our souls, let me tell you, if we're going to do the things that he did, then we're going to be tempted and tested just like he was. He was led into the wilderness and he was tempted. He said, if they hate you, you better know they hated me first. You're going to be hated of all men for my name's sake. We're going to have troubles and trials and tests. Uh, you know, they, they took him out of the edge of the city to throw, cast him down the hill one time. They laughed at him. They mocked him. They hated him. They plotted against him. Ultimately, they killed him. So if he experienced us, you better know we're going to experience him as well and because we are not... We've got, uh, we are greater than the things of this world, though. He, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
That's why we overcome the world. Because Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. That's why we are more than conquerors. That's why we overcome. That's why we're victorious. That's why we keep walking. And that's why I'm telling you tonight that when you find yourselves in places of unpleasantness, it, it doesn't mean that you have done something wrong, but you are most likely on the path to something right. Joseph did not do anything wrong to get sold into slavery, but he was on the path to something right. He did nothing wrong in Potiphar's house, but he got through in prison anyway, but he was on the path to something right. And we find ourselves in places where we're going, how did I miss God? Did I mess up? Did I make a mistake? What, what have I done wrong? Does God still let all these things? You know, we start questioning everything about our walk, and God's saying, no, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep going. I Remember, remember, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And every step ain't on, on soft ground. Yeah. It, it, it ain't always uh, sunshine and fluff and, and all uh, little baby deers licking your knees. <laughs> ain't that, ain't, that's the one y'all like, ain't it? So I, I try to remember that. So yeah, been, it's not always going to be those kind of places where it's just like, oh, now I lay me down to sleep. Oh, it's so nice here. It's so wonderful here. And, and nothing's ever going wrong. It, it, it never rains. It, but it rains on the just and the unjust. And rain, rain's going to fall. Storms are going to come. Dark nights and midnights are going to come uh, just like they did to Paul, just like they did to Silas, just like they did uh, in this story we started out with. Those kind of times are going to come. It's going to happen. And, uh, and all they were doing was preaching. But you know what? Being locked up in prison, they, they were locked up for preaching. But it wasn't just locked up for preaching. They was locked up so they could keep preaching. Yeah. You see, it, 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 that did not stop chains and shackles, innermost part of the prison, dark midnight, doors slammed shut, locks and all these things did not stop them from their purpose. It did not delay. They, you, you know why they ended up where they were? Well, let's just let's look at the, at the story. Remember the story again. At, at midnight, uh, after they, they're beaten, they're bloody, they're bruised, and they're singing praises and worshiping God, and here comes this. What we, this is the parts we like. Big Holy Ghost earthquake, chains and shackles falling off, prison doors flying open. Everybody's hearing us praising God, and God's getting the glory, miracles, signs, wonders, power, deliverance. But you know why all that happened? Because two men were where they were supposed to be. There's no prison shaking, no no other chains falling off, no doors flying open if they're not there. And so while they're preaching one day, they're just going about what they do. But God already knows there's somebody else that needs saving. There's somebody here that ain't listening to the preaching tonight. There's somebody here that ain't, ain't hearing what Paul and Silas are saying, but him and his whole house need it. And he's not the kind of man that would just show up to church. He's not just the kind of man that's going to come to revival. He's the kind of man that's in, in uh, he works for the people that hate me. He works for the people that want to lock these guys up and kill them. And so, but I still got to get to him. So, so Paul and Silas, uh, they get whipped. Many stripes laid upon them. Beaten, locked up, cast into the prison. They just keep on singing. Keep on praying. Keep on worshiping. Here comes the earthquake. Here comes the shaking. Here comes all these things happening. And all this, 
comes to pass because they are right where they're supposed to be. That, uh, now, they don't understand yet. Maybe they, they could have been sitting there spitting blood and, man, I lost three teeth in that. You know, just they could be all upset, complaining, crying to one another. I tell you what, if I get out of here, I ain't preaching again. If I ever get out of here, forget it, man. I'm moving off somewhere. I'm shutting down. I'm, I'm just disappearing. I'm falling off the face of the earth. I'm stopping, man. I, this ain't worth it. They could have had all kind of things they could have went through because, man, I can't believe that God really loves us and let this happen to us. You know, why, Lord, are we here? Cold, damp, dark, uh, innermost part of the prison. Why are we here? You're about to find out why you're here. Hey, guess what? It wasn't to set them free. They were set free, but they were set free so they could set somebody else free. Why didn't they run? Why didn't they, chains are off, doors wide open. Why didn't they leave? The jailer thought they were gone. And here's where, where it gets good. Because the jailer, supposing that they had fled, evidently it's dark, it's the innermost part, it's midnight, it's dark, there's no lights in there because he has to call for a light later. But when he sees nothing but dark, empty, what he supposes dark, empty cells with the doors flew open, he's thinking logically, Everybody has got out of here because most likely anybody in prison is going to die. So he, supposing they had fled, decides this is a, they're going to kill me because I've done let everybody go. Not just one or two, everybody's gone because I was asleep on the job and wasn't watching. They've gotten out of here. He pulls his sword. He's in the lowest, most hopeless point of his life. And Paul says, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. A voice out of the darkness spoke right into that man's hopelessness. Oh, I tell you, people that are at the end of their rope need to know that somebody's there. Oh, people that, that feel like I don't have another answer need to know that somebody is there. We're, we, yeah, we could have ran. We could have took care of ourselves, but now we understand there is a reason why I am here. And he can't hardly believe it, so he grabs a light and jumps in there, and there they are. And he falls down before them. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Let's go to your house and talk about it. They take him there, and they, him, his family, wash their wounds and take care of them, clean them up, and Paul preaches the Lord Jesus to them. And when he preaches the Lord Jesus, they believe him and his house, and they don't just believe, but then he says, uh, they, are, they are all baptized. Him and his whole house are baptized. And we can just read between the lines and believe that God went ahead and filled them with the Holy Ghost because that's what happens when we believe, that God will fill us with the Spirit, fill us with the Holy Ghost. And, and so uh, you see, the prison, the unpleasant place, it did not stop them. It, you know, uh, they, they were preaching, and that got them in jail. But it didn't get them in jail. To, you know, they intended, the, the enemy wanted to stop them. But they realized that, hey, we're in here because we've got to keep on preaching. There's somebody that has to be saved. And the only way that jailer would have ever heard the gospel of Christ is for Paul and Silas to wind up in jail. That was his avenue. That was where it was. These steps were ordered by the Lord. The Lord knew it's going to hurt. Ooh, this is going to hurt. But, oh, you know, the best part of this story, it ain't about the doors flying open. 
We, that's, just, that's what we write songs about. We write songs about chains falling off, doors flying open. We write, we write songs about the miracle that happened for Paul and Silas. It wasn't even about Paul and Silas. It was about the jailer. Man, somebody write a song about the jailer. Somebody tell his story. I was fixing to take my life. I was at the end of my rope. I was sure that there was nothing else that could be done for me till somebody full of the Holy Ghost said, don't move, we're still here. Don't hurt yourself, we're still here. Paul and Silas looked at each other, I'm sure walked out of that house when they were finally done. And uh, Well, actually, you know, God said, hey, y'all can go. And he said, no, we ain't going nowhere. I said, them cats that locked us up and beat us openly and we're Romans, they're going to come get us and talk to us and you know, kind of shamed them a little bit. And they, they were afraid because they heard they were Romans. They, oh, please just go ahead and leave our city. Please get out of here. And Paul and them said, all right. So they went back to the house, told the rest of the disciples what all had happened. They glorified God and just kept on preaching, kept on going. The story wasn't about Paul and Silas. It was about the jailer. It was about somebody and the reason that that jailer and his family were saved is because two guys had to be willing to go through it so they could be where they needed to be, had to be right, had to had to suffer some things, you know. And, and hey, listen, that happens. So sometimes we're going to have to suffer a little heartache, so we can be where we need to be to help somebody. Somebody, you know, we think, and I got to be on top of my game before I can help somebody. Well, just because you're in the middle of a trial, don't mean you're not on the top of your game. Guess what happened when Paul preached and Paul and Silas preached? People were saved and baptized. Hey, that's the end game. We want people saved. We want people saved. And get, still worked. Guess it was, I guess he must have been on top of his game. The word's going to work. And so whenever we feel like we're down here and we're being wrung out and we're being destroyed, you say, I can't help nobody. Why? Because you say so? Your steps are ordered by God. And if you, you feel like, hey, I'm in, the, I'm in the valley, I'm in the desert. We talked about some of this Monday night. So you, you feel like I'm in a wilderness. Hey, you might be, but or even Jesus didn't get in the wilderness, but the Spirit got him there. Right. He was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. Right. And so he, these steps are ordered by the Lord because he's going to have to suffer. We talked about this the other night. Through his suffering, he learned obedience. And, and so guess what? If we're going to learn to be obedient, we don't just get a, a free shot of obedience. You know what? You got, got baptized and you're going to church. Yeah, I'm just going to download obedience into you so you can't. No, you're going to suffer sometimes to learn obedience and go through some things, uh, learning to trust God and realize that God is ordering your steps. And so what I need to do, again, I'll say it. I don't know if I'm repeating it, but just trying to get the point home is that instead of questioning why am I here, Start looking for the reason why I am here. Get rid of the question and just say, okay, what's going on here? Let's start looking. Who am I supposed to be helping? Who's getting better? Where is my story going to end in this? Because God has got me. I know that. God will never leave me and he'll never forsake me. So I know he's got me. So where am I at? The most amazing part of the story in Paul and Silas got a thing in the world to do with the jailbreak. It's got to do with the man being saved. Because let me tell you, doors flying open and chains flying off don't mean nothing if people ain't getting saved. Hello. 
yeah, shaking and shouting. That don't mean nothing if people ain't getting saved. You know, hey, that stuff's wonderful, and I love it. I'm gonna, as long as I can, I'm going to keep dancing and shouting and going with the best of them. But let me tell you, if that's all I'm doing, I'm just wearing myself out. But if people are not being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, if lives are not being changed, what was it all for anyway? I want to make sure, uh, like this, that, that I promise you, that jailer and his family, their lives were never going to be the same again. Peter said something, uh, a very, one of my, another one of these scriptures that I, I cling to because this was the first scripture ever quoted to me when I came out of the, the baptistry. When I was baptized that night, I got a lot of hugs, a lot of praise God, a lot of thank you, Jesus, and a lot of welcome to the families. And then I had one man come up to me and he said this, 1 Peter 4 and 12. I may have put that in my Bible. I may have to turn to it. So I don't have to try to keep up on the screen. It'll be easier for me. Yeah, 1 Peter 4 and 12. You've heard this. Beloved. Well, that right there says a lot who we are. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Now that was the first thing somebody, uh, a, a preacher came up and said to me when I come out of the water. Not, man, you're born again, your sins are washed away. Yes, it, it, I'd, I'd got some of that, but it was look me straight in the face and just, I'm talking about close talk me just right here and be like, Think it not strange, the fiery trial it is to try you. I was like, what in the world? Is that, uh, okay, I don't even know what that means. Uh, trials, trying, fire, I don't know what, I, I'm just, man, I'm just fresh out of the water. I don't know what, but okay. But I went and looked this up. And I began to study and study trials and tests and see what was going on. And, and, I, and I kept this in my mind. In other words, don't think that, something unknown is happening to you when you're going through this because God knows. It may be unpleasant, but it's not unknown. God knows. He knoweth the way that I take. My steps are ordered by him. God knows, and that gives you confidence. Uh, that uh, Yeah, it don't, make it, it, it don't make the pain lessen, uh, but there's hope. You see, it, it come, that, that's where you start realizing there's some hope in this thing because I know that God is on my side. He said, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Remember what we said earlier, we're not greater than our master. And if, if he experienced us, we're going to experience him. So rejoice as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed that you may be glad also with exceeding joy. You know who got the glory for that man being saved? Not Paul and Silas. God got the glory for it. But you know who rejoiced? Paul and Silas. Because they saw the glory of God when that man and his family were saved. And uh, even uh, Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy. He knew God was going to get the glory, but you know who's going to rejoice? He was going to rejoice because he knew that he was about to save the world. Uh, still hurt, still unpleasant, still awful, but it, he still saved the world. He said, if you're reproached, uh, where am I at? Yeah. He said, if you're reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. So when we are reproached, there's something that will 
rest on you, the spirit of glory and of God. It will rest upon you. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I've preached this many times that when you're in the middle of a trial and test, he just said the spirit's going to rest on you. But where the spirit is, there's liberty. That means uh, that's, you know, Paul and Silas, they had liberty. Even in the prison, they had liberty uh, to worship and praise and pray. And then they had liberty to walk out and preach and, and baptize a man and his whole family. They still had liberty to operate even in their, what with busted lips and stripes on their back, even on the, in the dark midnight hour, they still had liberty. We don't lose our liberty with the Lord because we don't lose the Spirit of God when we get in the middle of a trial or test. That's why sometimes we just gotta say, why, not why am I here, but here's the reason I am here. This is what's going on. He said, uh, on their part, he's evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. So, see, there's suffering that happens when you get off on your own stuff. You get in your flesh, do those things. That's on you. The Lord's saying, get back on my path. You know, when uh, Joshua was uh, laying face down in the dust of the promised land, number one, whining because why? We just defeated Jericho. You know why? Because you walked in my steps. You want to know why AI beat you? Because you got out of my steps. There's an unclean thing in the camp. And he said, get the unclean thing out, we'll get back to business. And they had to get back in the steps of the Lord. And uh, guess what? Then they went back up there and they took care of AI. And so uh, there, there are times that things happen that it's our fault. It's our own flesh. You know, the, the reason Achan had all that stuff, oh, he saw it. He couldn't get his eyes off them garments and that gold and that silver. And he's like, oh, I got, I got to have this. No matter what God said, I got to have it. Ah, oh, that's not a good thing. You, you don't go against the word of the Lord. You find yourself getting beat every time. So he said, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. And then, of course, in 2 Corinthians uh, Paul said this in four sixteen and 17. Well, this cause, after he began to talk about a lot of things that were going on, he said, this cause we faint not. He said, though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So you've, you've heard all these scriptures before, but now you start realizing that what Paul is saying uh, we don't, we're not going to faint because of these things that are happening. We're not going to give up because of these things that are happening. Our, our outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed. This light affliction, it's just a moment, but it's working a far more seeding eternal weight of glory. There's something else. Having God is doing something great right here in the middle of all this that I can't see right now, but God can see it. But Paul's trying to give us a little encouragement and insight. Hang in there for your labor in the Lord is not in vain. There is a reward for hanging on. You, 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 you don't get weary in doing well and well-doing because you will reap in due season if you faint not. And he said that's the whole thing. We're not going to faint over these things. We're not going to give up over these things. We're going to trust God in these things. We're going to believe that God's going to come through. And so instead of uh, just questioning, oh, and crying, and why, why am I here? Start looking for the reason why you are here. I, I know that sounds very simple and like, does that really work? But it does work because if you, uh, 
wrap yourself in the question, you start examining uh, and, and reading into things that are not really there. You start, you start trying, because you're trying to prove that something's wrong. But you've got to remember, no, you're doing something right because you're a partaker of his sufferings. That doesn't mean you've done something wrong. That means you're following him. It's going to happen. Again, when we follow him, he said, you take up a cross to follow me. A cross, no matter uh, how we decorate it or bedazzle it in this world, a cross is still an instrument of death. Uh, it was a sh- Any man that was hung on a tree, the scripture said it was a shame and uh, the cross was a sign of death and shame. Yeah, it's, it's our hope. It's where our Savior died. It's where his blood was shed. But, man, this, uh, when we carry a cross with us, man, it, it, there's a weight that comes with that. It's not a burden, but it's a weight there. And that's a weight you don't shrug off. That's, you're going to do this. Jesus said, if you're going to carry my co- uh, cross, he said, you need to count the cost. Yeah. He said, how many, if you were going to build a building, would not sit down first uh, or a tower and then count the cost so you can find if you have enough or sufficient to finish it. And so you, you have to realize, can I go through the things that I'm going to go through? Yes, you can. Because as I said the other night, the Lord said, with every temptation, he would make a way of escape that you are able to bear it. He's going to be right there. Whenever you feel like, mm, this is more than I can take, he's going to, you're going to find that way of escape because he said you would be able to bear it. Jesus said you could bear it. He said, hello, you can bear it. We quit so soon and we quit so close. So close to our miracle, so close to just getting what God wants us to have. And we, we stop short so many times because we just don't realize uh, that God has ordered this. And, and man, I'm sure that there are people that were in Bible times that we don't read about that stopped short of the promise. Yeah. So we, that, that's the, Those people that we read about in there, that wasn't the only people living in the world. Right. They're not the only church people. That's just the ones that are recorded. But there were a lot of people that served the Lord that I'm sure stopped short of their blessing because during that persecution for the church and, and the way they were being uh, persecuted in the first century, you know, even Paul, you know, before he became... Uh, a preacher of the gospel, he was persecuting the church, causing people to recant and, and to back up on, and deny the name of the Lord, and he was locking them up and watching them stoned, and uh, he, he was doing all he could to wipe it out. And I'm sure a lot of people in the midst of that quit, not realizing how close they were to their, to their miracle. I don't want to stop short of my miracle. I want to keep on going. And, I, and I, So I, what I'm trying to, if you get, and I hope I'm, I'm making it clear what I'm trying to to, to help you see tonight is that understand that your steps are ordered. Your steps are ordered. Paul and Silas, oh, jail wasn't pleasant, but it was needed because that, that, that guard, that jailer, he needed to be saved. And guess who drew the lot? Paul and Silas. And hey, you know how you're going to get in that jail? Because there was no jail ministry. Hey, we're just going to go over to the prison there and preach to everybody. They was out preaching it. No, they got locked up for preaching it, but it didn't stop preaching it. And, that, and then realizing, wow, the reason we went into that jail was so that man in his house could be saved. Paul had counted the cost. He knew 
uh, even the Lord had told him at the beginning, uh, he told Ananias, he said, you go tell Paul, he said, because he's a chosen vessel. He said, I'm going to show him what great things he's going to suffer. Boy, isn't that a package? You're going to start a new job. Let me tell you how bad you're going to suffer. Your employer, if he's wanting to hire you, he ain't going to lay out all the, yeah, I'm, I'm fixing to work you to death. Oh, this is a great company. Come on here and be a part of us. And about 70 hours into that first week, you're like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. And it's just Tuesday. And so think about how Paul feels. He's blind. Got a revelation that the man he's been persecuting is actually the Lord. People got to lead him around. He's fasting. Here comes this guy. You're a chosen vessel and you're going to suffer. Okay. And so he was beaten many times by his own countrymen. Stoned and left for dead, shipwrecked, hated, chased, persecuted, plotted against. But he said, I kept the faith. I kept the faith. Went through a lot, but I kept the faith because I knew that every step was ordered by the Lord. Every ship I got on that went down was ordered by the Lord. Paul was told uh, in the book of Acts that he would testify in Rome just like he did in Jerusalem. Between then and Rome, he did get on a boat, and the boat went down. You know why the boat went down? Because there was a sick man on the island that needed healing. He got snake bit before he got to lay that healing service on, but he just shook it off. Soaking wet, cold, they wanted to kill him before he got in the water. Not a very nice place to be, but that chief was dying. He was sick, and through faith in the name of the Lord, Paul was able to work a miracle. He said, first, you've got to be cast on a certain island. Wow. Why? Why can't you just take me to Rome and let me say, because there's somebody that needs you. There's a reason why you're on this island, Paul. There's somebody that needs the gospel. That's why your ship went down. That was the only way I could get you to this island was to get you on a ship as a prisoner so this man could be healed. You just don't realize sometimes. God is good at working what he does. God is good at orchestrating our lives. Let's, let's stop trying to take the reins from him. Paul was so uh, sure of what he was supposed to do. That he, wouldn't, he had people that loved him one time. They were, he, he said, I'm going up to Jerusalem. Said, Don't you go. They'll kill you when you get there. And then Paul said, why are you weeping trying to break my heart? He said, I'm ready not to be bound only, but also to die for the name of the Lord Jesus. You're trying to stop the you tried to stop me. He, he was ready and realized that if our steps are ordered of the Lord and we walk in those steps, then we will be where he needs us to be. Yeah. Whenever we get out of his steps, we're no longer where he needs us to be. I don't want to be there. It's painful. Matter of fact, it stinks. Hate it. Well, let me ask you this. Do you want to be where you want to be or where God needs you to be? When you love him and keep his commandments and walk in his ways, guess what? Where he needs you to be is where you'll want to be. And no matter how dark it is or how painful it is and how awful it is, you'll still understand, I serve, I serve the Lord God. 
and he orders my steps. And yeah, you know what, this part of my life, I am fed up with this week, this day, this year, whatever. But you know what? Keep on walking in the Lord because that's the steps. When you love God and trust him, hey, that's what, that's what makes it possible and even embraceable that you can embrace this thing. And, and, and that's why uh, Hebrews 12 and 2 said, looking unto Jesus. He's our example, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. There may be some things about what you're going through you'll despise, but it's still needed. And he is sitting down at the right hand of the throne of God. He prayed in the garden, oh, it's possible that this pass. But if the only way it will pass is if I drink it, then not my will, but thine be, good, be done. He could embrace the cross because it was what God wanted and it was where Jesus was needed. You know, we've preached before, the only man that, that Jesus couldn't save was himself. When he was hanging on the cross, they said he saved others. Himself cannot save. No, he can't. He can absolutely not save himself, not if we are going to be saved. What he did was awful, but it was needed. He said, unto this end was I born. He knew that every step led to this place. He knew. He knew while he was walking. He, he told them beforehand. He said, I'm going to be, uh, they're going to attack me. They're going to abuse me. They're going to lock me up. They're going to crucify and kill me. Peter couldn't hear it. No, sir. Uh-uh. That ain't going to happen. I rebuke that right now. Get behind Hey, get behind me, Satan. He said, you savor the things that be of men and not of God. So we realize those steps are ordered of the Lord, no matter how painful it is. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's of the Lord. And so I want to make sure that I remember Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Wherever you are is on purpose. It has purpose, and you were called to and for that purpose. That's what he's saying. That's why, listen to the wording of what Joseph said when he was talking to his brothers. What you intended for evil, God meant for good. Because all things work together for good. The pit, the slavery, the lying on, being lied on, cast in prison being separated from his family, from his father, all those things, all that had purpose. Joseph was the called according to God's purpose. And so he had purpose. And it may have, got, may have felt like it was delayed or whatever. It wasn't. It was all in God's timing. And God brought his family and saved many people alive. So we, that worked, for, worked out pretty good for Joseph, for his family, for everybody else. So we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Remember this one more time. Wherever you are, it's on purpose. Whatever you're going through, it's on purpose. It has purpose, and you were called to and for that purpose. In Philippians 4, I'm getting ready to wind down, darling, right here if you want to come on to the music. Some of Paul's... Um, Ain't, ain't a whole lot to, to say about Silas. Don't read a whole lot about him in Scripture except what he did with Paul. So I read, use Paul as an example a little bit more. Philippians 4. Usually when we say Philippians 4, people go, 13! 
Because I can do all things. But listen to what Paul said, starting in verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Paul's went through some things, and he learned some things. You need to pay attention to what you're going through so you can learn. You need to pay attention to what other people go through so you can learn. Because, see, we're learning from what they went through. But I've also learned a lot by watching godly people, watching them stay faithful through trials and tests, through ups and downs, through heartache and pain, and watching them lift their hands week after week. It teaches me something. Before, before Brother Paul passed away, and even still today, I'm still encouraged by his life. Him passing away didn't discourage me. I watched him as he, his body got weaker and weaker. And as long as he was able, we watched him lift his hand. We watched him maybe not run, but walk this sanctuary like he used to do and lift his hands. And we just watched him keep on and keep on until even right there at the end, while he was laying, the last conversation we had, and he was laying in that bed, it was just a little bit before, I think just a day before he passed. And when he, he, was, on, he was kind of in and out, but he fixed his eyes and he said, hey, pastor, he knew it was me. I said, I'm praying for you, my friend. He said, Pastor, God is faithful. I believe he knew his life was coming to a close, but he said, God is faithful. We'd prayed so many prayers for healing, and, and I believe God did extend his time on this earth, but, but he was fixing to close his eyes on this life, but he said, it don't matter, God's faithful. And so he, I learned things from people like that. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to therewith be content. Whatever state I'm in, whatever's going on in my life, to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. We have no problem with the abounding. Well, I know how to, well, I know how to be on top and worship and shout and praise and preach fire and, and man just well I know how, what it's like when they, I can ride the top of the wave it's when the wave crashes down on you that's where you got that's where you're going to learn who you are he said everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need then he said I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me he was saying no matter where I am I can do all things. No matter what state I am in, it's where God needs me to be. It's where my purpose is going to be fulfilled. It's where my light's going to shine. It's where my ministry is going to be the best. I can do it. No matter what state, whether I'm abasing or abased or abounding, I can do all things. No matter where I am, I will not give up. That's why Paul said at the end of his life, I have finished. I wasn't cut off early. I have finished my course. Because the only course I had were the steps that the Lord ordered. And I see that I'm at the end of my steps. So I finished my course. I fought a good fight all along the way, and I kept the faith. Let me tell you, don't give up. Because wherever you are, it has purpose. And you have purpose. 
and God's got you there on purpose. Let's stand together, find our way to this altar and pray for a few moments tonight. Ask the Lord to bless you and give you strength. Thank you, Jesus. God's got his hand on you.
I don't want us to stop praying yet, but I want you to think about this. It's Wednesday night, and there's a reason why you're here. If our steps are ordered that you didn't show up in here tonight just by accident, just by circle, you know, well, I just happened by. Every step's ordered, every step's ordered. Every one of us. Oh, that's my church. We have church on Wednesday night, so I just come. But you didn't have to. You chose. You make a decision. But the Lord wants you in his house. He wants us to be here. Every single one of us here for a reason, for something. To get delivered, to help somebody get delivered, whatever it is. Maybe you're like, man, I'm doing good on top of the world. Then help somebody else get on top of the world. Once you climb up on top, reach down and pull somebody up. Hello? So let's lift our hands one more time in this place. And maybe if, if you would, if you feel like feel led of, of praying, keep praying for somebody. But realize you're here for a reason tonight. And maybe you've just got to, you don't have to know what somebody's going through. You just have a word of faith, something that could encourage somebody and help them go another day. Come on, let's lift our hands and begin to lift our voice one more time. Because I know we're here for a reason tonight. Woo! That's it, Sam. You're here for a reason.
Lift your hands and love him across this building right now. Just worship the Lord in this house. Hallelujah. Just give it all to Jesus tonight. Come on, there's got to be some submission. Got to be some surrender. I just give it all to you, Jesus. I'm not holding on to anything else, Lord. I'm just letting it go tonight. I've held this stuff. I've carried this stuff, but I'm letting it go. I'm laying aside weights and sin. All to you, Jesus. All to you. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on, lift your voice in this place. Just let that worship flow in here for another minute. Salama Sandalobo Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, God. It's going to be different. What you face is going to be different. Because now you've learned something. Hey, just because I'm in the middle of a trial or test don't mean I messed up. I'm just on my way to something bigger and better. This, hey, even the path that Jesus orders, it's got some, you know what, there's some, some hills, some bumps, and some potholes in the road. But he said, I know you can get through it because you can do all things. We, we, love, we can't just quote, I can do all things when we're lifting the victory flag. But when we're down in the, in the bottom, we've got to be able to scream to the top of it. I can still do all things. It's midnight and I'm locked up in the prison and I'm bloody and battered. I can still do all things. <laughs>